I sure am glad to know I'm in God's hands. I was always glad. I love my dad's hands, those hands of uh, hard work, hands of love, hands of provision, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm in God's hands. What a blessing. Open your Bibles again, if you will, please, to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 is my text verse. Jesus gives some instruction. In fact, Matthew chapter 5 is a wonderful chapter in the Word of God. And I want to be careful just to stay with the message this morning and not uh, the other things that are many other things that are in this chapter. He speaks to us and he tells us that we are the salt of the earth. What does the salt does? It preserves, it saves. He then says, we're the light of the world. What does a light do? Well, it prevents uh, being in the darkness where we can uh, hurt ourselves or something else because uh, we don't know where we're walking or stepping. So we're the light of the world. And of course, the main uh, emphasis of the light of the world, that the gospel is the light and we're to let our light shine before good men, uh, before men that may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And then Jesus makes the statement in verse number 17, Think not that I am come uh, to destroy the law or the prophets. I want you to notice the phrase, and I'll preach from this line in verse number 17, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word this morning. I pray that I can preach the message in a way that would convey the truth and would transfer the truth from the Bible and from my heart to the hearts and minds of everyone here today. Without the Holy Spirit of God, I cannot but fail. And I pray that you would fill me. I pray that you would use me. And I pray that this message would have a positive and a spiritual impact on every life here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The religious Jews of the day knew and taught the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They'd received the book of the law from the great deliverer, uh, from the man Moses under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now every act of God, every behavior of the Jews, every prophet pointed and testified to the fact that one day a Messiah would come to the world. Everything that they had been taught to know, to believe, and do. You understand in the Old Testament economy before the coming of Christ, they would actually take animals to the temple or to the tabernacle and they would, by the priest, give them as an offering to the Lord that was a picture of the Messiah that would come and would be the Lamb of the world that would take away the sin of the world. But their sacrifices were pictures of what was to come. Now we have to understand what the law was given for. The law was given to show that you and I are sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all broken the law of God. And uh, we like to compare ourselves among ourselves. And we can always find someone that we think are worse or in worse condition than us. And we use that to make ourselves feel good. But when you compare yourself to the law of God, 
Uh, you start with the Ten Commandments, uh, you and I come up short. There's none uh, righteous, uh, there is none perfect, uh, uh, not one single person. So all of the law pointed to the fact that we were sinners and all of the Old Testament ordinances and sacrifices, they pointed uh, to the coming of the Messiah. I love those words of John 1.29 when John was preaching and Jesus came to where he was preaching and John said to the crowd, Hey, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He was pointing to Jesus. From the time that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again, they did not offer the sacrifices anymore. Uh, they didn't offer those pictures because Jesus had fulfilled the law. Are you with me this morning? He fulfilled the law. So we don't offer a lamb. We don't offer a turtle dove. Uh, we don't offer uh, an oxen. We don't offer a sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. Now some people said Jesus has destroyed the law. He's destroyed our religion. And Jesus said, no, no, no. I, I didn't come to destroy it. I came to build on it. I came to finish it. In fact, I came to fill it up. What the law could not do, don't miss it, what the law could not do, grace did. The law said you're a sinner and you're condemned unto sin. And Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fill it up. I came to finish it. I came to fulfill the law. And I am whole. I am complete. I don't have to offer another sacrifice. I'm saved. It's settled once for all. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews uh, that no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus is uh, the sacrifice. But more than that, Jesus told them, I'm not come to destroy. I'm come to fulfill. We think about just the act of salvation. But when you think about Jesus' life, that's what he did. He didn't come to find something that was ruined and condemn it. He didn't come to destroy. He came to fulfill. You've seen buildings perhaps before. Uh, when I was a boy, I know of two or three places, the buildings, they had a sign on them by the uh, local health department and the words were written in red on a piece of paper, condemned. That meant that building was condemned. It couldn't be rented, it couldn't be leased, it couldn't be used because the structure was bad. It was a, it was a dangerous place and, and it was condemned. But Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to destroy. He came to take what was there and to make it full, to make it complete. And so he said, I am not come to destroy, I am come to fulfill. For example, John 3, 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Now, if you inspected the world as you would inspect an old building, if you would inspect the foundation of a building or the structure, perhaps a steel structure of a building or maybe the structure that holds up the roof, a building inspector may look at a building and say, that can't be saved, it has to be condemned. When Jesus came to the earth, it was condemned. He didn't come to condemn, it was already condemned. Condemned unto sin. But Jesus didn't look at the condemned world and say, I'm going to destroy it. He said, I came to make something out of it. 
I came to fulfill it. And that's a wonderful thing about Christ, but may I say that would be a wonderful motto for not only the church to have, but every Christian to have to say, my life is not to destroy. My life is to fulfill. I don't want to live my life in condemnation. I want to live my life at helping others to be fulfilled in life. What a wonderful motto to live. What a wonderful attitude to have from within. You know, you know it's interesting. I, I've, I've not been one of these folks, and, and it's amazing what people can do. They'll find an old piece of furniture. I would look at it, and I would say, that would make a good fire. Others would look at it and say, boy, that'd be beautiful. I could make something out of that. And sometimes an antique piece of furniture. In fact, if you're like that, perhaps you'd like to come see my bedroom suit and uh, make something out of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, if uh, it, you, you're like that, you, you see a piece of furniture and you can make something valuable out of it. While others would look at it and say, I don't see any value in it at all. Jesus came not to destroy. He came to fulfill. Wouldn't it be a wonderful way to live our life? And is that not the purpose of the church? The world is condemned already. We come not today to condemn the world. We come today not to destroy the world. We come today that we may do our part in seeing the world fulfilled. It's interesting how you find this throughout the Bible. Isaiah chapter 42, we'll not turn there. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. I'll be there with you in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 12, you're in chapter 5 now. Matthew chapter 12 is a repeat of a verse that is given through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah chapter 42. Uh, Israel had become a sinful nation. And some of the prophets would say, Lord, it's rotten, it's ruined, it's wrecked. You ought to just destroy the nation. You ought to get rid of them and start all over again. And, and, and the prophet Isaiah said of the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 42, 3, listen to these beautiful words. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Jesus was saying the reed may be broken but I'm not going to destroy it because I didn't come to destroy, I came to fulfill. He's saying, I don't want Israel to be, rest uh, to be destroyed, I want it to be restored. Are you with me today? Amen. Now let's go forward to where you and I live today. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, let's begin in verse number 14. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. Isn't that interesting? They wanted to destroy the one that came not to destroy but to fulfill, and they wanted to destroy the fulfiller. That's what the devil's doing today. He wants to destroy the fulfiller. He wants to take away the hope that we have in Christ. Thank God they couldn't then and they can't now to destroy the fulfiller. Then verse number 15, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Now why would they follow Jesus? Because he didn't come to destroy, he came to fulfill. Verse number 16, and charged them that they should not make him known. Verse number 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry. Let, 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 let me repeat a verse here. Verse number 18, 
he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Judgment to the Gentiles. What does that mean to show judgment? That meant, well, the law said you're guilty. You're guilty. But look at verse number 19. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. And here it is again. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment. Notice the words, not into destruction, but judgment into victory. Now what does that mean? That meant when I was judged, I was judged a sinner. And the wages of sin is death in hell. So judgment said he deserves to go to hell. But Jesus didn't come. Don't, don't miss it. He didn't come to destroy. He came to fulfill. Yes, he's in need of a Savior, and I'm not going to destroy him. I'm going to be the Savior he needs to fulfill him, and I got a new life in Christ. I'm not headed to hell. I'm headed to heaven because he did not destroy me in judgment. Judgment showed that I was in need of a Savior. He brought me from judgment to victory. Excuse me while I get excited on Father's Day in June uh, here in the summertime. Jesus came to earth to redeem man, not to destroy man. And if the Lord Jesus did not come to destroy but to fulfill, would that not be a wonderful attitude? Would that not be a wonderful behavior? Would that not be a wonderful motto for us to live in our lives? Not to find the fault and the fault is obvious, but to say, I want to do as Christ did, not to destroy, but to live my life to fulfill. You may be here this, uh, this morning and you look at your marriage and say, boy, boy my, my marriage is in bad shape. I feel like giving up on it. You ought to say this morning as Christ came to the earth, not to destroy, but to fulfill I'm going to give my very best not to look for destruction, but to look for fulfillment in my marriage. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to go away today with this phrase in your mind. He came not to destroy, but to fulfill. He came not to destroy, but to fulfill. We live in a throwaway generation. We, we live in a generation where we don't even use things up before we throw it away. I remember the day we didn't throw away anything. Uh, I mean, what food was left over went in a bucket on the back porch, and when the bucket got full, we fed it to the hogs. And when the hogs got fat, we ate the hogs. We didn't throw anything away. We live in a throwaway generation today. Jesus said, I didn't come throw it away. I came to make something out of it. I'm excited today to know that according to the world and to the devil, you know what the devil wants to do? He wants to use me up. And then when he uses you up, he throws you away. I witnessed to a man this week, oh, what a sad condition he was in. What a sad condition, what alcohol had done to just take all of the life and joy and happiness. I mean, in every way from physically to emotionally and spiritually and mentally. As I witnessed to him, I went through the plan of salvation and gave him a gospel tract. Uh, the devil had worked to use him up. Jesus didn't come to use you up. He came to make you full. He said, I came not to destroy. I came to fulfill. And what a joy we have in Christ today.
Ephesians chapter 5. Notice, if you will, in this passage of Scripture, looking at verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Do you see, he didn't say it's dirty, so I'll throw it away. He didn't say it's broken, so I'll discard it. He didn't say it's rusted and ruined, so I'll destroy it. He said it's dirty, it's broken. Hey, but I didn't come to destroy, I came to fulfill. And I'm glad today that Jesus did his work in the local church. And he's saying here, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. You say, but if you knew my wife, hey, listen to me. If Christ divorced the church for her lack of holy and righteous behavior, we'd all be in trouble. But he said, as Christ loved the church, Husbands, love your wives. That's what he says. You see, Christ came to fulfill. I think of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. You know what he's saying? His strength makes up the difference where I'm lacking. Uh, my good works won't take me to heaven. His righteousness does. So where I'm short, he makes me full. When I'm weak, his strength makes me perfect. What a life to live in living your life not to destroy but to fulfill. We need to see our children that way. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, just the next page over. And verse number 1 is the child rights verse of the Bible. I believe in child's rights. And right here it is, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. You have the right to obey. I believe that. Then it says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee. And thou mayest live long on the earth. Look at verse number four. And your fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. What, what are we doing? Fulfilling. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Jesus came not to destroy. Jesus came to fulfill. That's why he said to the church, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, the world is condemned. They're under the sentence of sin and death and hell and judgment. Ah, oh, but I want you to give them the gospel and tell them, I didn't come to destroy the world. I came to save the world. I didn't come to uh, pronounce their condemnation. I came to pronounce their emancipation. I came to set them free. I came to give them life. And before you got saved, you were looking for anything and everything that would give joy and gladness, but it was still empty. I don't know how many folks I've witnessed to that have said to me, Preacher, I have everything the world has to offer, and yet there is something empty. I tell you what will fill it up. I tell you what will make it full. I tell you what will satisfy it. Somebody say amen. I tell you what will satisfy it. Jesus came to fulfill. He came to fill your life up, to make you whole. He came not to destroy, but he came to fulfill. What a good attitude that would be to take toward people whose lives seem to be ruined by sin and addicted to destruction. One of the prayers I pray every week are for those who have children that are astray. Some are not only in the will of God, but they've gotten into destructive sins and some of them addictive sins. And it's a burden that many carry sitting here today. Don't ever take the attitude, they're no good, I'll give up. 
Jesus never did. He didn't say, I came to destroy. I came to fulfill. And I say to you this morning, keep on praying. Keep on loving. Keep on giving them the truth. Keep on asking them to come to church. Keep on asking them to give their lives to Christ. I've led men to faith in Christ who were in the clutches of sin and God changed their life and made them whole. I've led men to Christ in jails and on the street. I've led men to Christ that the world had used up and thrown away. I'm glad this morning God never threw anything away. If a man goes to hell, he has to choose to reject Christ. He has to choose to reject Calvary. He has to choose to reject the love of Christ. If he goes to hell, he has to step over the blood of Christ. He has to step over the love of Christ. Jesus didn't come to destroy. He came to fulfill. And may we live our lives to do the same. I love the story of Paul. The book of that little bitty book of Philemon tells the story of Paul being in jail. And he met a fellow prisoner by the name of Onesimus. I imagine as the story went, Paul introduced himself to him. And Onesimus said, what are you in for? And Paul said, I'm in for preaching the gospel. Paul said, why are you here? He said, well, I, I stole from my employer. You see, Onesimus thought if he could steal, if he could get the gain, that his life would be full. But like sin always does, it takes you a step further. Every sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Paul said, let me tell you what will satisfy you, not just out of jail, but in jail. And he gave him the gospel of Christ, and that man was fulfilled. Onesimus was saved in jail. Paul wrote a letter to his employer. That letter is recorded in the book of Philemon. And he tells him of Onesimus' faith in Christ. And he tells him, if you will receive him back to the place of his position, whatever he owes you, I'll help to pay. And I'll help to make his life back to what it was and even better. You know what Paul lived his life doing? Not to destroy but to fulfill, to give joy and gladness. And I pray this morning that the singing of the hymns and the singing of the choir and the special music and the preaching of the word of God that you go away today and say I'm glad I went to church. I feel more fulfilled today. I'm more filled by being in the house of God than I have been all week in the world. I'm I'm glad that Jesus didn't come to destroy because I was worth nothing but destruction. Ah, but he came to fulfill. Time wouldn't permit for me to tell the life story of John Newton, but what a wicked man he was. John Newton made his living buying and selling slaves. Not only did he work to buy and sell slaves, John Newton Work to destroy anybody's faith in God. Not just sinful, he was evil in that he pushed his wickedness on the life of others. In a terrible storm one day, thinking this would be the last ship he would sail on. He remembered his mother singing 
gospel hymns to him when he was just a little bitty baby, just a small child. And when he thought he was going to die, he called on the Lord. Isn't it amazing how brave a sinner is in the place of sin? But sin loses its bravery in the place of danger. And John Newton called on the Lord. He would later write that song that we sing, sometimes referred to as a Baptist anthem. And he wrote the words, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. John Newton became a preacher of the gospel that he once cursed. John Newton wrote his own epitaph that would be on his tombstone. And these are the words John Newton wrote. Once an infidel, a servant of slaves in Africa, I was by the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith I had long labored to destroy. Many of us would have seen an old wicked man like John Newton and we would have said he deserved destruction. But Jesus said, wait a minute. I didn't come to destroy. I came to fulfill. I'll take that old sinner. That's why I died. I'll pay for his sin. I'll never impute another sin to his account. And I'll give to him my righteousness. And what John Newton could not find in making money in the then good business as far as making money was concerned, what he could not find in a lucrative wicked business, he became fulfilled in Christ. That's why I love the bus ministry. Because what the world wants to do, and it's obvious, this wicked government that reminds me of the days of Ahab and Jezebel pushing their wicked and immoral agenda on our children, trying to destroy their souls and their lives, their minds, God, help us not to take part in destruction. But may we say God didn't call the church to destroy. Our job is to fulfill. As I've worked with 30 young people this week at the camp and watch them work, see the potential that they have. Boy, they're smart. Stand with me. I've got to quit preaching, but stand with me. I want to tell you this story. Friday night, we had worked, and I mean, we had worked till this old preacher right here was worn out. I said, kids, that's it. We're finished for today. One of the boys said, can we play a game of basketball? Oh, man, I'm too tired to watch a game of basketball. I said, sure, go ahead. One boy grabbed the ball, and they started running toward the court. Before I knew it, all the guys were playing basketball, and then the girls came, and they were playing volleyball. The potential they had. You know what young people need? 
They need a church that said our job is not to take part in the destruction. Our job is to take part in the fulfillment, helping every young man and every young lady find their fullest potential. That's why Jesus came. You're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior. You ought to trust him today. If you're not saved, there's something empty inside and the world doesn't have anything for sale that will fill it, but Christ will. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these simple and yet profound words. Thank you that you came not to destroy. Thank you, Lord, that you came to fulfill and may we so live our lives that we look at others and no matter what condition we may judge them to be in, may our heart's desire be not to see destroyed, but to see fulfilled. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. He's going to sing the invitation song. You need